0: Welcome to Scuttlebutt and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host, Tricia Neenke. In honor of Women's History Month, I'm speaking with construction electrician, first class, Laniece Brown. Petty Officer Brown is an instructor and leading petty officer of battle stations at Recruit Training Command, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes here. Thank you for joining me, Laniece.
1: Thank you for having me, Tricia. I appreciate it.
0: Of course, just to get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are
1: you from? Why
0: did you join the Navy?
1: Okay, so I am from Oceanside, California. I joined the Navy at age 22. I had went to college for a little bit, got my associate's degree, and honestly, I wasn't doing anything after that point. Like, I felt like I was just doing the day-to-day grind, but not meaning or working towards anything, essentially. So I remember I was working as a civilian on the Marine Corps base, Camp Pendleton. I worked at a gas station out there. And I remember thinking, like, this is something that's really interesting to me, and I wanted to kind of explore more about it, so I remember calling up some recruiters, and the Navy recruiter was really willing to work with me. I started going to MEPS, and the next thing you know, I had a date, and I was leaving, and I actually felt like maybe I had a purpose or something to work towards at that point.
0: That's great. I hear a lot of people say similar things when they join the Navy. It's like, okay, well, now there's a uh, somewhere, something I'm working towards. There's a goal in
1: mind. Absolutely, like a goal, a steady job, a retirement, and just not to, you know, say the the typical phrase, but just being a part of something that is bigger than yourself. That was actually important to me.
0: Where have you been stationed then? So you joined the Navy, where do you go first and where have
1: you been since then? So I, my first command was out of Port Wanimi, California and I deployed to Japan from there. And it was, that was honestly my first time leaving the country in that manner. So I enjoyed it, I loved it. And after Port Wanimi, California, I went to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, which was a completely different experience. It was overseas, it was a remote duty, station so we weren't allowed to leave the island but just being in a different uh, area outside of the US it was it was pretty cool it was like a small little community that was super supportive and I liked it what was your job like while you were there what were you doing so I was working at a phone station so I worked with civilians and we fixed phones all around the base. So there it, it had its it had its ups and downs sometimes as far as not being able to go anywhere or just doing the same job every day without like deployments or anything different happening, but for the most part I am glad that I got to experience it.
0: From there, did you choose to become an instructor here at Recruit Training Command, or was that assigned
1: to you? So I did choose to become an instructor. I was thinking that I could do different things as far as there's PowerPoints that the recruits have to go through. I thought maybe I would do something along the lines of that, and I ended up at battle stations. And at first, I was like, oh, my goodness, because my job as a CB, we don't actually go on ships in that manner. So I was a little nervous about that. But... Um, Actually, it's pretty cool, I'm not gonna lie.
0: (laughs) So tell us about battle stations. I know it's a little hush-hush because we don't want the new recruits coming in knowing what they're expecting, but battle stations is what? What does that mean?
1: So battle stations is their comprehensive final exam essentially. So they come through, they get training, and then battle stations is where they prove to us that they're ready to go be sailors in the fleet. And that's what we're evaluating them on all night. So it's no more, of us training them at that point. At that point, they are showing us everything that they've learned. So it's all about teamwork, motivation, communication. And then at the end, they become sailors.
0: So what does a typical day look like? Are you doing this every single day?
1: So Battle Stations runs between three to five nights a week. And when I'm an instructor running through the night, it is it is quite a long night. The recruits are there for about 12 hours. Um, obviously as staff, we have to get there prior and stay a little bit after, but typically we get the recruits on and we just go through all the evolutions that we have. And yeah, it's, can't say much more than that, but.
0: <laughs> I know it's a tightly held secret. You want to make sure that um, the recruits have no idea what they're actually getting themselves into when they get to battle stations. But just to give us a little bit of an idea, um, what are some of the the elements that they're being um, tested on? What kinds of, um, what are those scenarios sort of t- uh, assessing?
1: So like I previously said, yeah. the main thing is teamwork and communication. There is not one sailor that can do the job by themselves. Like when you go on a ship, when you're, if you're like me, a CB on on shore doing construction projects, you can't build a house by yourself. You can't sail a ship by yourself. So it's all about teamwork and getting out of that I mentality into the we mentality and communication. If you're not communicating with each other, things are not gonna go the way that they should. So that's honestly what's being assessed. Aside from the training that they get in boot camp. You know coming back again for them to perform it that really is the biggest factor can you work as a team and can you communicate with each other to get through these difficult scenarios
0: with battle stations i've had an opportunity to actually tour battle stations Mm -hmm. um, before and you utilize a lot of technology to Mm -hmm. make that happen i i don't think a lot of people realize that because we're here at great lakes we're in the midwest there isn't an actual ship that we're working on that that you're testing these sailors on so what is that made up of what does that look like when they walk in
1: um it looks like a ship honestly so it and it does it does have the real feel that you would if you're on a real ship so when people do go to a real ship because i have stepped foot on a real ship before and it there is a slight difference but for the recruits coming through trying to become sailors it's it's as close as they're going to get all through boot camp and it there is a lot of technology involved a lot of realism involved to make everything seem as realistic as possible and When they're getting facilitated, that's very real as well, the grading that they have to go through. So it's one of those things where we know it's not a real ship in the ocean sailing, but we take it seriously, and we as the facilitators, we act like it is as well, so that they get in the mindset that this stuff could actually happen, and you need to be prepared.
0: How do you get yourself in that mindset to facilitate it in a way that feels very real for the recruits?
1: So at that point, it's about dedication to the mission and to the job. So we, as the facilitators, the recruits aren't going to take it seriously if we're not taking it seriously. So, and that goes for anything that you do anywhere. That goes for the RDCs that are initially training them, that goes for when you go to a ship in like when they actually get assigned somewhere after boot camp and they have a mission to execute, when they're doing drills on the ship, you know, for things that might actually occur if You're not practicing like you're actually going to play. That can come from when they do sports in high school. When you're practicing, you're actually giving it your effort like you're doing the real thing. So when the real thing comes, you're ready. So if we're not doing that, then they might not understand the significance of the stuff that's happening. So we definitely make sure to give it our all when we're doing that.
0: Yeah, and they need that. They need you to do that for them. I imagine it can be a a very emotional night for some people
1: for some of them it is at the end when they graduate and get to you know understand that they're now sailors some of them might shed a few tears or have that emotional moment but i mean that's rightfully earned it's it's a big deal to decide to transition from a civilian to a sailor mm-hmm. and then knowing hey you did it you made it and your family friends loved ones are proud of you that's a big moment for a lot of people
0: yeah i can only imagine we
1: are chatting today in honor of women's history
0: month so Do you see a large number of female recruits coming through?
1: So there is a lot of female recruits that are coming through, and I love to see it. I love to see anybody, honestly, that comes through to make that decision to become a sailor. But I do think it is important to make the Navy as uh, diverse as possible, and females are a big contributing factor. Me personally, I was in the Navy for two and a half years before I saw a female that was a Master Chief for the first time. So, And it was um, Fleet Master Chief Feldo, and she had come to speak at my first duty station, she came, to, and we had the auditorium that we had to go, and it was like an all-hands call, and um, she came, and she spoke to us, and it was honestly like, wow, like, that's crazy. I've been in the Navy this long, and I had seen some female chiefs. I think I had seen one or two female senior chiefs, but the C B S was a small community anyways, and so... Uh, I just didn't see them like that. I didn't see female master chiefs like that. And that was a big deal to me.
0: It's definitely been a slow march towards equality for women in the military in general. Uh, Just for our our listeners sake, um, I do want to let everybody know that women have actually served in the Navy since 1908. Um, That was when the first female nurses came aboard. But it's taken a long time to get everything open to both male and female sailors. It was only in 1994 that women were first allowed to serve aboard combat ships, and even more recently it was only in 2015 that special warfare positions were open to women. Just last year in 2021, the first woman successfully completed the Navy's special warfare training. So it's been a long process to get um, all rates open, all positions open to women. Uh, But if we look specifically at RTC where you work now, it was actually in 1994 that RTC first began training both men, men and women in integrated companies. With all of that history in mind, what does it mean to you to be a female instructor at RTC today?
1: I think it's very important, especially for the recruits coming through to see females in instructor and leadership type positions. It's very important. Boot camp is literally the first impression that these sailors will have of the Navy. And there's a lot of men who may not be used to seeing women in leadership positions. There's a lot of Women who may not be used to seeing women in leadership positions. So when we have that presence here at RTC, then it you know they can see it and they know that we're out there and it's actually a good learning curve for a lot of them who may not be used to it. Um, just being honest. And so I think it's very very important along the way, not just boot camp, but boot camp, A school, uh, their commands. It's very important that everywhere they go, there are actively women in those leadership positions like so that they can see that.
0: Have you personally in your uh, career faced any challenges as a female, especially in a leadership position?
1: Absolutely. So CBs, we do construction. And I remember when I was a crew leader on my first time being a crew leader on a construction project. And I had a E4 that was working for me. And they had told me they were being honest that when it came to construction, they would rather be working under a man. And I wasn't necessarily offended in the way that because I appreciated them being honest, but it also let me know that, hey, there is some work to do because some of these different fields, we can do the same thing, you know, but maybe we're not given the opportunity or maybe if I can't, you know, lift a 300 pound bag of concrete by myself, that doesn't mean that I'm weaker. It just, you know, so I I do think that It can be challenging depending on the rate that you have. I don't like the assumption that sometimes women, you know, do admin positions, but um, we're, we're out there in all the different rates. And I know that some of the harder rates on the ships too, I'm sure they've faced the same, you know, doing, we can get down and lift heavy stuff and do things just like the men can.
0: How do you approach that? You know, someone comes to you and says, I'd rather work under a man, how do you, what did you say, how do you approach that to maintain your leadership position?
1: Well, I'm here. I'm the one that you're working with, so let's work together and let's get this done. There's, there's nothing we can do about that. So I'm gonna learn so I can be better and be a better leader for you in what we're doing right now, but I am here.
0: Do you, you've spoken to this a little bit already, but do you feel a special sense of mentorship to, your, to the female recruits that you see coming
1: through? so during battle stations we don't i don't get the chance to mentor them directly in that manner but um i do like to make sure that i'm making a good impression while i am like when i am going through the night with the recruits i do want to make sure that i'm making an impression of a squared away female who is you know setting the best example of what good female leadership can you know and I, and I tell them it's important too there's nothing wrong with you know wanting to get your nails done make sure you if you want to put makeup on like whatever you want to do as if you know to make yourself feel better just as long as you get out there and still perform and do the job the same way as anybody else then you then that's fine that's all that
0: matters it, there's actually RTC's current um, executive officer, or EXO, is also female. Uh, do you have any opportunities to work with Commander Stephanie Hayes?
1: I don't have opportunities to work with her directly. Sometimes when I do tours um, of the ship for battle stations, sometimes she'll be there. But I actually do like that a member of the Triad is a female. I love that. I love the diversity. I love that that was able to be a thing, honestly. So, I mean, the, but that's that's actually very common now. There's, there's women in a lot of triads throughout a lot of commands in the Navy, and I love to see it all the time.
0: Admiral Couture here at Naval Station Great Lakes is female as well. So we're really seeing a lot of women in positions of authority and like you said in all
1: rates as well absolutely so when how it took me two and a half years to see a female master chief i feel like those days i'm not going to say they're long gone but they're they're different now so you'll actively see women captains you'll see uh, women master chiefs you'll see there we're, we're everywhere now so i i love that
0: I'm sure for the new recruits and the new sailors coming through, seeing someone like you, like you said, at all the stops that they make in their career, whether it's at RTC or at their A school or their first duty station, to be able to see women in positions of leadership, and not even necessarily in leadership positions, but just doing a fantastic job and being um, a great teammate, a great shipmate, probably helps foster some of that.
1: I think so. I mean, you're always going to get... Some of the people who they don't look at stuff like that, and it and it doesn't register important to them. But then there are some people like me who that m- mattered to me, and I think that that was something that I looked forward to seeing as well, like just other females surrounding me as doing doing the same job. Do
0: you see um, a lot of female RDCs today too?
1: There are there are quite a few female RDCs now. Um, Not as much as males, but they're they're out there. There's a substantial amount, and I love seeing that as well. I love it, especially when they have the all-male divisions and you get some of those males who have never been used to any female being in charge of them. Like I love to see it.
0: Yeah, that's a question that I've wondered about, too. I don't know if you have friendships or relationships with some of these female—I keep saying RDCs. For our listeners' sake, RDC stands for Recruit Division Commander. Um, Can you just tell us a little bit about what these people do, and then if you know of any experiences of your— Um, shipmates who are in those
1: positions. Absolutely. So the recruit division commanders, they're the ones who actually train and turn them from civilians to sailors for those 10 weeks of boot camp. So that's their primary duty. And I do have friends that are on the RDC side, and they do tell me that sometimes you will get those recruits that are from different areas through no faults of their own. You know, you can't choose where you grow up, where you're born, you know, what your family teaches you. So a lot of them have Have not been used to seeing any type of diversity outside of what they're used to and where they're from and so when they get here it is it is an adjustment for some of them i have had some of my female rdcs that are friends tell me they do have recruits that it's hard for them to adjust to listening and and taking orders from a female but what else are you going to do? Like, you, that's that's the person in charge of you, and that's what you have to do. And then that, that's not going to stop there because now we do have a large presence in the Navy, so that's not going to be the first and last female you have to listen to. So that's something that they have to break out of.
0: It sounds like they're doing of an excellent job because by the time they get to you at battle stations, you really are seeing them working as a team mm-hmm. and hopefully ignoring the fact that not ignoring, but but accepting the fact that there are women in positions of power or women that they're working with. Um, and hopefully by that point, they've moved beyond that.
1: Hopefully so. I think that the, most of them at that point have. Um, that's something that when they get out to the Navy, if they haven't, they're going to have their own type of problems that hopefully get fixed. But that's not going to work for anybody anywhere to have that mentality because the Navy is very diverse these days and as it should be and everybody has to get used to working with different cultures, different genders, everything. So to maintain that diversity.
0: What does that mean to you to to know that the Navy is so much more diverse than it was even when you first joined? What does that mean to you to see how it's changed over the course of your career?
1: I think it's a good thing. I think that when it comes to ideas to keep things moving forward, I think that you do need people from different backgrounds, different mentalities that can bring different things to the table. So I appreciate the, the move to make sure that things are a little bit more diverse, that we have more females in more positions, just to make sure that we're getting the best wherever we're at so that it's you know, not just the same every time.
0: Are there places that you still see room for improvement?
1: I think there's always room for improvement, no matter where you go or what you do. I think that we're on the right path though. We're, we're really doing good things. So I can't name a specific place that I feel like needs improvement, but I think that we're the Navy is on the right track to making sure that things are equal across the board. That's great. Which is a tall order, so you can't make everybody happy all the time.
0: Right. And like we said, it's been a slow march towards that um, in a lot of ways, not just in um, gender equality, but also racial, religious, uh, homosexuality. These are all areas that the Navy's been slowly working towards um, more understanding, more compassion, more equality. Um, And I think it's fantastic to see you as an example of that.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Well, thank you so much, Lenise for coming over today and chatting with me about um, women in the Navy and your job over at battle stations. We really appreciate hearing from you. For our folks who are listening, if they have interest in actually joining the Navy and becoming one of the many recruits that you see day in and day out at battle stations, how can they go about learning
1: more? so i would suggest they contact their nearest recruiting office and the recruiters are going to let them know what they need to do paperwork they need to submit uh, studying for the asvab that they have to take i would just suggest contacting a recruiter to get that ball rolling we're always looking forward to new sailors joining the navy
0: Well, and you heard it from her here, folks. You know, if you're ready to join the Navy, we are here waiting for you. And uh, Petty Officer Brown is at battle stations waiting to test your knowledge uh, for once you go through boot camp. Thank you again so much for coming over.
1: Thank you for having me, Tricia.